This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, and a pleasure to welcome back to the show, Andrew Zimmern, who many of you know for his TV shows that he creates and hosts about food. He's also the founder and CEO of Passport Hospitality, a restaurant and food service development company. Andrew, great to have you back with us. Uh, And I guess let's start with where you're seeing the restaurant industry right now, nine months into this pandemic. Uh, falling apart. Uh, you know, so many restaurants uh, are used to over the years uh, pivoting, robbing Peter to pay Paul, playing the seasonal game, juggling menus and employees and costs. Uh, they're extremely creative entrepreneurs. Uh, independent restaurants are are some of the most fascinating uh, business people that I know. You saw upticks during the summer in business as they were able to expand to outdoor cafes and people were getting used to uh, to go meals, delivery meals, uh, uh, all kinds of different ways that restaurants were finding a way to ring the cash register. But as summer turned to fall and winter is now, uh, how now upon us, we see restaurants all across the country essentially running out of options. I think a lot are playing the game of trying to stay open through December when people are buying gift cards and things like that. Uh, and I think you're going to see another huge wave of closures come January unless uh, Congress finds a way to pass the Restaurants Act over the next uh, week or so. Yeah, so let's talk about that specifically because this is kind of a, a theme that we've seen play out uh, here in the United States over the last several months is the inability to get a lot of funding elements forward to help a lot of different people, specifically with the Restaurant Act. Uh, tell us what you would like to see occur to help out the, this entire industry. Well, well, it's really simple. I, I think the biggest uh piece of the puzzle that people don't understand is how actually big the restaurant industry is. You know, it's just independent restaurants alone are a trillion dollar plus industry, 11 to 13 million employees, still the majority of people on unemployment, uh, 93, 94% of income passes through them back into the communities, holder of trust taxes, uh, a big piece of the tourism uh uh, component in this country from an economic standpoint, and of course, the purchasers of so much stuff that is it, that that supply chain that we talk about all the time. So, if this industry that represents about four and a half, four and three quarters percent of GDP uh, goes under, has an extinction event like I predict will happen if the Restaurants Act does not pass, we're going to see an economic tragedy occur that will impact all Americans. And I think people fail to understand collectively how big the independent restaurant industry is. Now, the the Restaurants Act, which is a $120 billion relief package, does a lot of things for restaurants. People can go to www.saverestaurants.com and see the Restaurants Act there and what it really represents. But it's essentially a 12-month backstop that allows these restaurants to survive. Now, why would we give independent relief to uh, one business entity, one business pillar, in our system. Well, the reason is, is that it, it, it saves us money. If restaurants go under, if independent restaurants suffer an extinction event, it will cost America $270 billion over the next year. Now, that's not some figure that I've plucked out of thin air. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, OMB, McKinsey, all these different people who study this stuff have guaranteed it because the numbers are there. 
it's not that we we shouldn't do it. It's that we can't afford not to. And it's right. become a bit of a political football. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a forward thinking process that needs to occur of what the potential impacts are six, 12, 18 months down the road, instead of just thinking about the pain that a lot of these restaurant owners uh, are in right at this particular moment. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, this is something that's affecting our, our neighbors and loved ones. It affects Main Street. People think of the small uh, little restaurant as being the anomaly. That's actually the majority of independent restaurants. People think of independent restaurants as, you know, the, the fancy places that celebrity chefs own that seem to be, you know, immune from, you know, economic ravages that, you know, you've got, you know, one version of it in your hometown and another in Las Vegas and everyone is sitting on piles of cash. That's an yeah. absolute piece of mythology and and the the tragedy of this is that the, the restaurants the independent restaurants represent to such a great extent decades of savings and investment from families and individuals into a small economic engine that just keeps chugging along as the essentially breaking even i look yeah. The restaurant industry was brittle and fragile before we came into COVID, uh, but shutting us down for the 10 months that we've been shut down basically since March, operating at far less percentage of capacity than we ever uh, would have imagined could be economically tenable is not uh, a, a solution. We need the Restaurants Act passed. It, it is the smartest thing that the U.S. government could do. And it, for those of us who've lived and breathed in this, it's, it's like we see the iceberg and we're on the Titanic and we're screaming at people, turn the darn boat. It's the simplest yeah. thing in the whole world. Pass the Restaurants Act. How has this period of time made you think differently about the issue of risk? Because we've asked this of so many CEOs over the last nine months. And obviously, from business to business, the reaction may differ a little bit. But when you think about your operations, whether it be restaurants that you're involved with, TV shows that you're involved with, obviously the philanthropic efforts, how do you, has this changed your philosophy about risk? Uh, it has slightly in, in, in the sense that um, I, I think that we have to take a more careful long-term approach as we enter into a what is clearly now uh, you know, if, if the rose-colored glasses weren't off 10 years ago, uh, they should be off now, that we live yeah. in a much more volatile world. Um, you know, we talk about things like uh, the, the viral pandemic. We also have a cultural pandemic that has impacted yeah. so many businesses in America. And quite frankly, the climate crisis that we're in globally, um, I, you know, I think as I traveled around the world, you know, what would happen if we went into that double drought scenario uh, that so many uh, agricultural forecasters predict is just a matter of time before it happens. You know, weather events that pile one on top of another and don't allow us to catch up for a year. You know, it's been about 300 days since that first case of COVID in the United States, and we've seen needles go into arms over in uh, the UK, and we know that there's a vote today uh, uh, for the executive use uh, uh, of the vaccines. Um, this has just been one year in time that has damaged our economy for what I believe will be another 18 months uh, before that we're able to recover. Um, and I think we just have to be a lot more prudent about the choices we make and start to create a more stable and robust system. I mentioned before, restaurants were very brittle prior yep. to COVID. I wish we had been able to take our industry apart brick by brick and build it back to one that was a little more healthy economically. Um, 
COVID blew it down. And I think the one opportunity that we have now as we do enter the next couple of years as restaurants come back and a percentage will, you know, I pray that 75 and 80% don't disappear. Um, but if it does, over the next five to 10 years, we will see people want to feed other people in a publicly available environment. I mean, we are going yeah. to have restaurants at some point in the future, but I think we need to do so in a way that's more economically sound to prevent these kinds of disastrous effects from having the ravages that we've seen. It, 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 it's really simple. If we want Main Street to exist, we have to backstop small businesses. Restaurants are a big part of that, and that means the Restaurants Act needs to pass. Hey, so I was going to say, give, give you the last minute here to make your pitch to Congress right now and exactly why this needs to occur. Obviously, you've laid out a lot of these uh, these important reasons why. But it's it, the time is now, especially considering we're going into it, winter and Christmas and such. It, it really is. I mean, you just take a look at, you know, one one pillar of this. You know, it's it's a trillion dollar industry on its own, multiple trillions of dollars with the supply chain. But think of the unemployment impact. If we have 11 to 13 million people and 80 percent of them uh, stay on uh, go on unemployment and or stay on unemployment because we're still the largest number of unemployed people uh, <laughs> in America, the the damage is going to be long-term. Restaurants employ very special populations, first-time job seekers, last-time job seekers, uh, immigrants, largest employer of single moms, single dads, uh, returning citizens from jails and institutions. These are not people who find it easy to go get another job. I yeah. think we are in for a real economic tragedy if the Restaurants Act does not pass. And I would encourage people to go to saverestaurants.com and urge lawmakers, uh, you can do it from a very simple widget on the website, to pass the Restaurants Act and learn more about it. Spread the awareness. We need people talking about this. Yeah. We can't be saving small industries in America because they're favorites on Capitol Hill and ignore something that's almost 5% of the American GDP. Just doesn't make yeah. sense. Andrew, great to talk to you as always. Thanks again. And we'll be in touch with you to, as this all develops. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew Zimmern, uh, celebrity chef, uh, who also is the founder and CEO of Passport Hospitality. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.